This is the Gospel for Life, where we have four Treasure Valley pastors committed to showing that the gospel is not just for that religious part of your life, but for all of life. You never graduate from the gospel. Around the table today is Russell Herman, pastor at Cloverdale United Reformed Church, Jonathan Van Hoogen from Dayspring United Reformed Church, Vinnie Hanke from Valley Life Community Church, and Ryan Hemphill from Treasure Valley Reformed Presbyterian Church. To catch earlier broadcasts, just search The Gospel for Life wherever you subscribe. To find out more about this ministry and about our annual conference, go to ReformationBoise.com. Welcome back to The Gospel for Life. It's good to be with you. And we just got done with a series called Gospel Fluency. And so today we're going to play off of that and talk about gospel balance. So in gospel fluency, if you remember, we're talking about how do we speak the truth? How do we speak the truth about the person and work of Jesus Christ? How do we speak the truth about the gospel, both to ourselves and to others within the church, to other Christians? And we all, as you know from the title of our show, Gospel for Life, believe that this is essential, that this is part of of what it means to live faithful Christian lives, is to be able to live in the fullness of what we possess in Jesus Christ to remind ourselves of that, but there's also the sense of that we belong to a community, that we belong to a church, and part of our that responsibility or opportunity is to be able to speak gospel truth into each other's lives. There is, however, sometimes a tendency to get out of whack a little bit on the gospel. Um, Terry Johnson wrote a book called Who Am I? For those that are longtime listeners and participants, you remember that Terry Johnson came and spoke at previous conferences. He spoke on the church. Um, Did he speak on the church? No. He spoke on – it was on worship, not the church, With on worship with Bob Godfrey a couple years years ago, ago. two years ago. And – this is his book, Who Am I? If you um, have missed out on conferences, you can always go back and check those out at ReformationBoise.com. I believe um, we had one year where there were some technology problems so that the talks are not up. I can't remember if that was last year or the year last before. Year. Um, but I believe Terry Johnson's talks are there. You can go back and listen to those. If you have not been able to register yet for the upcoming conference, it's actually getting pretty close. It's September 22nd and 23rd. Um, So while you're there listening to some of Terry Johnson's older material, you can also register at ReformationBoise.com. Remember that with registration, that puts you in, um, gives you the opportunity to win giveaways, gets you free books at registration. And remember, the topic is God to Us. It's about covenant theology, September 22nd, 23rd, Dr. Jonathan Gibson, Dr. Miles Van Pelt. That was me doing a long bunny trail back to what we're talking about, which is this truth from this book, Who Am I? What the Bible Teaches About Christian Identity. And in there, he takes a moment to walk through what is called the Ordo Saluto. So, I just used a big word. Gentlemen, help out our listeners. What are we talking about with that? The Order of Salvation. It's kind of a way that we can, using you know the, the scriptures as it presents our salvation, put God's work of salvation kind of in a logical order. 
that one of the chief passages that comes from is Romans chapter 8, verses 28 to 30. And there we read, And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good, for those who are called according to his purpose. For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, in order that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. And those whom he predestined, he also called. And those whom he called, he also justified. And those whom he justified, he also glorified. So in that last verse, that there is the ordo salutis, the golden chain of salvation. And Paul is not giving us every link in the chain, in particular in Romans 8. We find that in other places in the New Testament. And so theologians over the years have just put these all together. Typically, He's we not giving us the whole all the links but he's given us the beginning and the end that's correct which is really important and the idea is and why they call it the golden chain is that once one chain is enacted it will continue on there's not a a break in the 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 order so once you have election or predestination you will get to glorification so everything in between is going to happen the essence of he that began a good work in you will bring it to completion. So to start off, he's talking about predestination, uh, which is you know another word you might use there is election. God chose to set his love on a number of people known to him before the foundations of the world. And then secondly, we have what we might say is regeneration or the new birth, uh, new birth effectual calling. Those chosen, he quickens and inclines supernaturally by his word and spirit. Then after that, we have matters of uh, conversion, faith, uh, the soul turning to Christ and repentance, the soul turning from their sin. Then we have uh, justification and adoption. We're declared righteous before God and made heirs. Then we have in that whole chain, there will be sanctification, the ongoing renewal in Christ dying to sin by the believer, uh, perseverance, uh, the perseverance of our faith to the end or the preservation of that enduring faith uh, by God, and glorification, souls made perfect at death for eternity. So throughout the Bible, what happens is each of these is referred to as salvation. Mm-hmm. So salvation can be represented as rebirth. Salvation can be represented as justification. Salvation can so the, that phraseology is used, and so then sometimes what happens is people. All of these are true. So mm-hmm. we, I just want you to hear that as a listener. We believe in every mm-hmm. every link in this chain. <laughs> so over the course of of the next little bit, I don't ever want you to think. Well, they don't believe in and then fill in the blank with one of the items that, that Jonathan just went through in the order. We believe in all of them. However, what happens sometimes is people can focus in so much on one that it becomes exclusive for all the rest. And so we're not saying that it's gospel error. We're saying that it's gospel imbalance. And that gospel error, imbalance can lead to things that are negative but we're not necessarily talking about outright error in these categories just an imbalance that leads to dysfunctionality so throughout we're going to go through these different aspects in the order of of salvation 
and look at, well, what if you put all of your attention on this one? Then what happens? What does that look like? What are the consequences of that? Why would that create dysfunctionality? Okay, so we're going to begin with election. So let's talk with our listeners. What? Let's just define it first. What are we talking about when we talk about election? Yeah, we're talking about God's choice of those whom He would save. And go ahead, Brian. Oh, I thought you were saying. Well, I no, I I think telepathically I was saying something or something like that. I don't know. I was was thinking something ahead. I was um, going to uh, Ephesians. I think is is Mm -hmm. one place. You know, it's where you know Paul introduces himself, and then in verse three of chapter one, uh, "Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ." just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. So there, that's that election predestination. Paul says here, before the very foundation of the world, before God said, let there be light, we have been chosen in Christ. And this predestination is, is an aspect, not just simply of you know choosing one person over the, another. It is actually him setting his love upon that person. God says, I will love those whom I will love, and he does. There's a great passage in Deuteronomy 7 that talks about why did God choose the nation of Israel, and it's saying, I didn't choose you because you were more numerous than the other nations. I chose you because I chose you. Mm-hmm. I chose you because I love you, and I love you because I love you. Mm-hmm. So the reasons for the predestined the choosing, the electing, is from the very heart of love of God. And what we would maintain is that God is absolutely sovereign to make that choice independent of any other aspects outside of himself, that that choice is made in him, not based upon um, circumstances that he sees. Mm -hmm. So, None of us in the room believe that God looked down the corridors of time and said, I'm going to set my affection upon this person because I can see that in the future they're going to have faith. Mm-hmm. Paul uses the uh, illustration of a potter with clay, mm-hmm. you know, and how a potter from the same lump of clay can make a vessel for honorable use, a vessel for dishonorable use. And it's that's the prerogative of the potter. And so, in the same way, you know, God's, it's his prerogative. Mm-hmm. and uh, completely, as Russ said, you said, uh, solely out of his heart of love that he desires. So what happens when this becomes where we put all of our attention? Yeah, I think one of the results is fatalism, where you know there's no human responsibility, there's no willingness for obedience because God has just decided all things, and so I just leave life up to fate and i kind of just float along and trusting in the ultimate eternal purposes and don't really move or do anything it's all been decided there's a branch of uh called hyper calvinism or as he as johnson refers to it it's you know hyper fatalism you know it's a it's a, a camp in in christian circles that takes this aspect of god's elections to the extreme that they would say you can't, you shouldn't even freely proclaim the gospel to someone unless there is some evidence that they're "quote unquote" elect. The father of world missions was uh, William Carey, and you know, in the 1700s, uh, he wanted to go on the mission field to share the gospel, 
and he was he was at a, a conference and uh, he was he was asking why the church didn't make more effort to share the gospel in foreign lands and he was told young man sit down you're an enthusiast when god pleases to convert the heathen he'll do it without consulting you or me so this is that Actually, people have referred to it as hyper-Calvinism. They're using a pejorative to say that. They, they suggest that the person who believes in predestination, as it's taught in Scripture, is, is hyper in this regard, has no regard for uh, sharing the gospel. When I was in seminary, Dr. Beakey loved to tell the story. I can't even remember who he was quoting about. Someone was asked, how do you reconcile God's sovereignty and human responsibility. And the response was given was, well, there's no need to reconcile them because you don't reconcile friends. You only reconcile those that are in conflict with one another. And God's sovereignty and human responsibility are not in conflict with one another, so there's nothing to reconcile. And so to believe in election does not mean that we don't believe in human responsibility. It doesn't mean that we don't believe in um, the free offer of the gospel. We, we call people, hopefully, week after week to belief. Mm-hmm. You can't read the gospel of John without recognizing that there is this call to believe, to believe, to believe. Mm-hmm. But you also can't faithfully read the gospel of John and also hear that it's God who calls, that it's God who chooses, that it's God who pursues, that it's God that initiates. And so I think the Gospel of John is actually a beautiful way to see mm. how God's sovereignty and, and human responsibility go hand in hand. Well, we're going to talk, continue our conversation about gospel imbalances over the next couple of days. Hopefully you join us and we'll see you then.